I'm feeling better this week. I, I apologize for the nasally sound of my voice last week. I thought you just ran all of this whole thing through like a Barry White filter, and just, no matter what <laughs> happens, it always sounds like butter coming through the earphones. I should have actually. There are filters in GarageBand. I could have tried. Well, I mean, I still am a little nasally this week, so maybe this week I'll give it a try. Who's the one who was uh, Mufasa in The Lion King? Oh, I, I think you're thinking of uh, James Earl Jones. Yeah, uh, find a filter that makes me sound like him. There is one, yeah, that's Darth Vader-esque. No, not Darth Vader-esque. I, I just want, you know... Well, James Earl Jones is the voice of Darth Vader. But probably in a different in a different sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> not Not literally. As you would say. Yeah. Hmm. So what do you what do you got? You told me before the show you got nothing. I have absolutely nothing for the week. So it was a it was a slow week. Well, actually when we have our better shows, it usually starts off with sports. So do you want to talk about the uh the big uh local sporting news? Absolutely. Yeah. The 49ers have a two game win streak. Uh so they're they've played four games this season? Five. Oh wow! So wait, are they? Uh, they're three and two. That's correct. Very good. How many of their players have been arrested this year? <laughs> oh, don't don't go there. No, do, do you? Is there an actual answer? Uh it's uh, too many. I think I think I've given that answer before on the show. Too many role models. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. That, that's not the news you you you're referring to here. No. So you're you're talking about the. San Francisco Giants. Uh, your San Francisco baseball Giants, yes. <laughs> As opposed to our other Giants. Exactly. I actually, I actually really don't like that, you know, there's the New York Giants, the NFL team, and they, they frequently refer to themselves as the New York football Giants. It just, well, yeah, no shit. You, you play football. What else would you do? What? what? I just, I don't, I don't really get it. It's another reason why we should just disband the whole National Football League. It saves. <laughs> just, it just, it's, we win in every single case. So, um, but yeah, so the uh, San Francisco Giants uh, took the uh, division series uh, three to one or three to two. Sorry, uh, against the Washington Nationals. They did an exciting series. It was. Yeah, it, it was it was kind of a lousy way to win. I would say, like, you have to take it, but it, I, I don't enjoy the games as much where you you win more by the other person screwing up. It's it's just less fun and exciting that way. Well, to be fair, in game three, that's pretty much how the Nationals won. No, I know that. I'm saying that's not how I want us to win. Yeah, well, I mean, baseball it just kind of has a way of having things like that happen. And it goes both ways, as shown in this series. Yeah. yeah. That 18 inning game on Saturday, that was wild. It was. I watched the entire thing. It was, it was I did too. Unlike most national fans. So, I mean, let, let's talk about that. So, you, you know, you, I, I know you, you know, off, offline as well, not just through the show. And one, one of the things that you've you've talked about is... You know, you're not a fan of people who leave baseball games early. Is this correct? I am not a fan of fake fans. 
That's right. If you paid, um, if you paid good money to get your butt in a seat in a to, in a game for a uh, major league baseball team, you stay for the whole game. I I don't care if you're getting blown out. I just you stay for the whole game. Like if it's like one a.m. and it's going into a super super late inning, I can kind of understand leaving. But you just you just don't leave. And the the stadium was like only a third filled by the by the uh, the time the game wrapped up, right? Yeah, so I so ironically, you had first told me about this belief you had uh, maybe just a, a couple of weeks before I went to a Giants game last season, and ironically, the game was it was against the Mets. It was on a just a Tuesday night, you know, middle of the season, not not a significant game in any way, really. And the game went sixteen innings. Start. It was like a seven p.m. first pitch. And I, I stayed the whole time, of course, because I, I had your voice in the back of my head. And I, I think it ended around maybe one thirty, something like that. Mm-hmm. And again, this is a middle of the season, regular old game. And I stuck it through the whole way. And you've got these Nationals fans who are at a playoff game with effectively their season on their line, given that they were already down 0-1 in the series. It's a Saturday night. The weather's good. It's in the low 60s, high 50s. And you're like fans started leaving in pretty large numbers around like the 11th inning. Like I'm sorry, but that's that's pitiful. That's really really bad. Well, they they need their sleep to, to you know not make laws and to uh Yeah, yeah there was that, there was, there was Congress but that didn't really work. Yeah, but, there were there were some there were some barbs on Twitter that I saw about people basically uh comparing nationals fans to the the general dysfunction in Washington DC which so when did, har har. so when did the uh when did the Montreal Expos become the Nationals when did, when did that whole switch come over cuz so it's in in its current incarnation it's a fairly young team right that's right yeah um i don't know how many years ago that happened but it, like, it, it means 10 or 15 something like that yeah yeah uh, since oh, since two thousand five, only a nine year old team. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was a, f- a very fun, interesting game, and I and I uh, uh to what to whatever god you believe in, just be happy that it was on uh, Fox Sports One as opposed to TBS, because I honestly probably would have turned it off if it, if it had just been those uh boring announcers the whole entire time. Yeah, so let's actually let's let's talk about this as well. So. So that there's there's been three networks that have been broadcasting these divisional games. It's, uh, it's four, been right. MLB who's the Network, fourth? ESPN, TBS, and Fox Sports. No, ESPN didn't. They only had the wild card games. Oh, yes. Or a a wild card game. They had the National League wild card game. Good point. But so the, for, for the divisional series, uh, it was TBS, Fox Sports One, and MLB Network. The three networks that literally are only ever watched for for this very purpose. What are you talking about? You don't ever tune into MLB Network ever? No, of course not. Um okay, so f- let's see kind of going through the list. So Fox Sports 1, we'll start positively. They they're actually pretty good. Um the overall coverage is decent. I think the announcers are solid. A lot of people don't like Joe Buck. I actually enjoy him. He's fine. It, it's Tim McCarver, the one who retired within the last two years or so, who was always just the person saying the most obvious and inane things. But Joe Buck, and he also does the uh, he does some football announcing too, right? 
He does. Yeah. yeah. I actually, th- I, d- I don't mind him at all. He's a very familiar voice and I've been listening to him for the past like decade and a half. So I agree. And I, I can't remember who the name of the primary play by play announcer is for the ones who have been doing the Giants games. But the, uh, the other guy, kind of like the color commentator, whatever you call the second guy is, uh, and actually this is something that it starts to make you feel old. Cause you're like, remember when you were a kid and there'd be announcers and they'd be ex players and you wouldn't know who they are cause they, you know, played way before your time. Mm-hmm. Well, so the, 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 uh, color guy is John Smoltz, who's a, you know, really well known pitcher on the Braves from the nineties. And I, I totally remember watching him <laughs> growing up. So I'm like, oh, geez. I don't remember that. I only know him from his resemblance or in name to John Maltz. <laughs> uh, yeah, you would. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, pretty much everybody besides you. <laughs> and Van when me. I do. I do. Because um, he hasn't played in a super long time. I don't, yeah, I don't know exactly when he retired. I think it was sometime in the early, two th- early to mid-2000s. Um, but he's, he's really good. And whoever the, the primary guy is, he's also pretty good. Yeah. So Fox Sports 1, no no qualms with really, except for, and this is not probably their fault, but the video quality through Comcast is atrocious. And I, I'm used to my fair share of compressed HD channels. I've kind of made my peace with that, although I'd, I'd like to have that as a topic at some point on the show. Well, but what Fox, would topic be? I just there isn't enough bandwidth to go around. Ugh. And anyway, I, I I don't want to go down that route right now. But the the video quality it, it's 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 truly truly bad. It's fine. Mm. It's not I great, mean, but it's fine. It's completely watchable. The well, sure it's watchable, but I I think the the best way to illustrate I mean obviously as an audio show this is not going to be super effective, but if so, folks at home want to try this, I would, if you're on Comcast, if you watch Fox Sports 1 for, you know, a few minutes, then flip over to something like ESPN. And I'm not saying ESPN is some 1080p wonderland, but if you just compare the two kind of right after each other, it's it's striking how much worse Fox Sports 1 is. So that, and that's, that's the only kind of knock against them I would have. Fairly or unfairly, I guess. Um, MLB Network, they're fine, except I don't like... Have you, have you watched any of the games on MLB Network? I have. So the the thing in the top right corner where they show the position of all the defensive players, I, that, I just don't find that very informative. Okay. I just it's it seems just like kind of a waste of space. I'd rather just have that not be there. Okay. Uh, but they the real complaint with them. I mean, there, is, there's an actual like group of commentators that actually ruins it and makes me want to turn it off. I don't I don't think a, a minor graphic that shows where players are is as egregious as like Cal Ripken after taking like six amp. Oh well, hold on, hold on. We'll we'll get we'll get to TBS. Well, I'm kind of going in order from least bad to most bad. So I think MLB Network falls in the middle. My real complaint with them was, so game three of this giant series, for whatever reason, was a day game, which I think in the playoffs is stupid. But anyway, they was on MLB TV or MLB Network. And I was at work, like everybody would be on a Monday. And 
I wanted to stream it because I actually, I get the channel, you know, at home and everything. So I'm like, oh, I should be able to stream this probably, right? Well, it turns out that for MLB Network, even if you get the channel through your cable provider, you need to pay this additional subscription thing to their like MLB.TV service in order to stream MLB Network online. So that was, that's dumb. If I get the channel through my cable subscription, I should be able to stream it online as well. Not necessarily. I feel like we've gotten to the point where that is become sort of the expectation. I think Comcast has been, for for all their faults, been very on top of video on demand, particularly live streaming of a wide variety of networks. And perhaps they just don't have the licensing in place with them. And that's where uh, a TiVo Romeo Pro comes very in handy. I I will give you that. I've I've been skeptical of the Pro for a while. On the regular one. I can get a TiVo stream for pretty cheap. I don't think the TiVo stream does out-of-home streaming. It does. You sure? I'm pretty sure. I really don't think it does. But okay. I, I recall when the Romeo first came out, the kind of way everybody described the differences between the boxes was the Romeo Pro is essentially a regular Romeo with a stream built into it. And I think eight times the space, but yeah. Well, whatever. It's, I, don't even, I don't come anywhere close to even using mine, so... Um, okay, so the MLB network, the online stuff, kind of a bummer. Um, but the real offender here is TBS. And as an Angels fan, not only did I have to suffer through, you know, my team getting just horribly swept and they just played terribly. You only had to watch three games a bit, though, so a bargain. <laughs> well, when you look at it that way, so in addition to watching that, I had to listen to just this god-awful commentary. Just, I mean, by no measure good. So for the Angels, I, I didn't really watch much of the Orioles-Tiger series. So I can't really say who was what was going on over there. But for the Angels-Royals series, they had Ernie Johnson, who I actually really like as part of the TNT NBA coverage. I think he's really good on that. And then Cal Ripken Jr., who actually was one of like my favorite players growing up. I like read his autobiography, all this stuff. Like, I really enjoy him as a player in person, but as a commentator, oof. And then the, the, I don't know who the other guy is, but he's the worst. He's of the three. He's somehow the worst. He most certainly is. He just he he's he's got the the Joe McCarver thing where he just he'll just say something and you it, or sorry, <laughs> um, he'll just say something and you're like, what? Like, oh, yeah, okay. And it's not, like, it's not just the, like, extraneous, like, just, like, there could be silence, but they're just talking. It's just, it's it's said with such lack of conviction and, like, dis- seemingly disinterest. I don't know. It seems like cable access. I guess all, all this is a way uh, that, or a way of saying, or re- is reminding me of, I have, obviously, I, I'm going to get ahead of this joke before you even have the chance to say it. I haven't had this opportunity to complain about this with the Lakers recently because they haven't had much playoff success. But when they used to have playoff success, um, one of the things that I always didn't like was the fact that once the Lakers got deeper into the playoffs, you know, the NBA actually in the first round, the local broadcasters still do get to do the game. So at least for the first round, 
you do have the option of, you know, flipping over to your local broadcast. But second round on, it's same with baseball here where it's all national TV stuff. And it always kind of bummed me out that you you couldn't really enjoy your local broadcasters anymore because there's, there's really never a case where the national broadcasters are better than your local guys. So it's kind of a it's just kind of, it's kind of a bummer you can't enjoy that coverage through you know the most important and exciting games of the year. Most certainly. Although one of my coworkers had a terrific idea because I couldn't think of how to. Um... Because during the wild card game, the ESPN announcers were were not terribly good either, and uh, I really wanted to just listen to the radio broadcast instead, but it never lined up. It's like no, just queue it up on the TiVo and just wait for like the crack of a bat, and then just play them together. Yeah, I thought about doing that too. I although actually, I'm I was going to ask you this how how do you stream Giants Radio? Where do you where do you go to do that? Uh, I pay for whatever the premium version of MLB at bat is. Got it. Yeah, I did that. I was on a drive to Santa Barbara in 2012, and I <laughs> broke down during the ride, and I remember buying that so I could stream the audio. Yeah, I should I should do that for this upcoming series. I mean, you don't subscribe to that just season long? I know you're not – I don't know. It's not that you're not a big fan, but you don't really care until at least half the season's over. There's a, there's a couple of things. One is I'm I'm just not a big I mean, I'm not a big day to day regular season baseball guy anymore. I used to be like growing up. Um, my mom and I would watch all 162 Angels games, you know, no matter what, and we did that did that for years and years and years, probably all the way through like middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I just yeah, I kind of kind of fell out of it, um, and now. Summer, which is obviously when the majority of baseball is happening, is kind of a time for me where I, I take a little bit of a break from watching sports because, like, when the fall starts, you know, pretty much every Sunday is you know it's a lot of football, and then through the winter and then the early parts of spring, basketball picks up and then eventually culminates into the playoffs, which <laughs> lasts like three months in the spring. And so there's kind of this long period from about September through June, you know, start of the football season through the end of basketball season where I watch a lot of sports. And so summer is kind of an opportunity to like get out of the house a little bit more, watch a little bit less TV, go out and do some stuff. So that doesn't coincide very well with baseball, which kind of is happening during that off time for other sports. Hmm. Yeah, I guess since I don't re- uh, since I don't I actively dislike football and I'm kind of disinterested in the NBA until it's finals time cuz I mean it, the, the NBA finals are extremely easy to get into. Um yeah, following all of baseball is no trouble for me. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoy I enjoy following the season. Like I pretty much every day I'll look at the standings, look at, you know, just who's doing what. But in terms of just sitting down and watching a game, I I'll have a Giants game on in the background every once in a while through the season, but I would never, I would never sit through a six and a half inning, or sorry, six and a half hour long, eighteen inning game at home during the regular season. Okay. All right. Well, Giants. Yeah. So it's uh, we've got the Orioles and uh, Royals on the AL side. That series starts on Friday, October what tenth. And then the Giants and Cardinals are on Saturday. And uh, luckily for you, most of the games will be on Fox Sports 1. Oh, yeah. I think 
I don't think MLB Network's going to be carrying any of... Uh... I think I think on the National League side, it's all Fox Sports 1, and then on the AL side, it's those poor, those poor sorry souls are still stuck with TBS. Yeah. Although, do you think it was a smart move? So I normally these games get carried on because Fox has the most of the rights for postseason Major League Baseball. And normally it goes on the standard broadcast network. But Fox Sports 1 and 2 are new this year, right? Or as of last year? Right, right. So do you think it's a smart move for them to kind of force awareness of the new network based on this? Sure, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I it's it's certainly not going to get me to watch Fox Sports 1, but... I sure, yeah, I think it's worth a try. <laughs> That's the spirit. I mean, I I don't I don't know what better way to promote a new network like that. I think it's actually smart, and I I th- I, I think that it's costing them a lot of money, but I think it's it's a worthwhile advertising vehicle. It's interesting. It's a I mean, smaller it, audience. Yeah, but it, it's interesting. There were some people who brought this up. Uh, I can't forget how many years ago this was, but when Monday Night Football switched from being on ABC to ESPN, you know, a lot of people brought up the point that you're you're moving this big sporting event from network TV to cable. And obviously going from like Fox proper to Fox Sports 1 is the same thing now for baseball. Be interesting to see what the viewership impact is. I, I, don't, I don't recall whatever happened with Monday Night Football, but... Well, I mean, it, it helped... For better or for worse, I mean, it helped turn ESPN into the most valuable cable property in the world. Right, but I, I wonder. Like, I mean, I, baseball I, doesn't have that same kind of pull, but I think it. I, it's probably maybe like lost two thirds of the audience it normally would have had. Yeah, I, I, I think I, overall yeah. it'll get more eyeballs on Fox Sports. I don't know. It's hard to say. I, I'd be really, I'd be really curious to know. Yeah, how many people if it was on Fox proper would have watched, but because it was on cable, maybe a channel they don't get, you know, how many people weren't able to watch it. And then on on the flip side of the people who did make the switch and watch, how many are actually going to stay and watch Fox sports one? Cause the, the I think, lineup I think on it's just people now knowing what channel it is. A lot of people just didn't know it exists. Cause it used to be like the NASCAR channel and then they just rebranded it. I guess. But I think the problem is that if you look at, what they're broadcasting the rest of the year when oh, these... Oh, no, it's, it's awful. It's all just that... What's that terrible UFC stuff? The UFC nonsense and, and like, like... a couple of soccer games, basically. Yeah, some, like, Premier League games and then, NASCAR. like, an IndyCar... Well, I think there's, like, IndyCar stuff, too. Or, like, Formula One racing. Ooh, Formula I don't... <laughs> yeah, I know you're a big, big Formula One fan. No, of any auto racing that I would ever care about, Formula One actually takes talent. I don't follow it, but I can respect it. I mean, sure. It's it's how I feel about soccer. I mean, I respect it. I don't respect soccer. (laughs) Oh, boy. Again, on the continuum of sports, actively dislike football, tolerate but don't respect soccer, and then baseball's at the top. You tolerate but you don't respect. Interesting. Like, I, I, I have big issues with people pretending to give a shit every four years. For the well, World Cup. yeah, it's it's really infuriating. Like any, well, ca- like could you name any of the U.S. players? Like who's the one guy? Like the one who was the really impressive goalie that nobody remembers anymore? Tim Howard. Yeah, nobody's gonna care. Come on. Well, you know what? At least though, with soccer or you know football, as you say, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
it, it, people, you know, I'm not people like yourself, but people globally actually do care a lot about soccer all, all the time, year I, round. I, I absolutely agree, but I'm saying in the U.S. Well, okay, but even in the U.S., soccer has some degree of popularity. Now, hold, hold on here. Name five so, U.S. soccer teams well, that are not uh, the Galaxy. Let me finish this thought, and I think you'll see what I'm trying to do here. So the soccer has some, you know, some popularity. I mean, there's there's major league soccer here, and that you know they they bring out tens of thousands of people to those things. But think, compare that to something like the Olympics. Mean, talk about things that or sporting events where people pretend to care every four years. Look at the Olympics, right? Like something like track and field. I mean, there's there's no there's zero awareness and pretty much anywhere for something like that other than when the Olympics roll around. So at least it's it's not quite like that. It's based. The World Cup and the Olympics are in the same league of nonsense. Mm, yeah, but I think the Olympics, to a much greater extent, are. Some of that, yeah. though, is some of that's me being bitter just about the way that it gets broadcast here in the U.S. with NBC. I think I think, I think there was a long conversation about this during the private beta period because that was during the the latest. I guess both winter and summer Olympics. NBC's coverage. So you want to talk about bad coverage of sporting events. Oh, ugh. NBC's coverage of the Olympics is just atrocious. Is your big issue the time delay? No, I actually, the time delay thing I get, like I, I understand as a network paying billions of dollars for this thing, you don't want to be broadcasting these live events at like 3 a.m. Eastern. Like I, I get that. It's just all the puff pieces and nonsense they put around the coverage. I just can't stand. Like that, who's that? Is it Mary Carrillo or whatever? The one who. <laughs> that sounds like a made up name. <laughs> she, no uh, it's just, she does all the, she just does, she does all the, the, the puff piece stuff and it's just, just awful. It's just really, really awful. Anyway. Yeah. That's what the people tune in for. I think, I think this is what the people tune in for. The the puff pieces on NBC and then us commentating on those on those pieces. Um. All right. So what 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 technology stuff? So it was kind of a slow week, but kind of a, kind of a slow week. It picked up a little bit today. Um. I don't know if you got your invite, but Apple uh, sent out invitations for their next event. Uh, following in a similar pattern that we've seen for the last couple of years now, where. We get the iPhones in September, and then we get new iPads in October. So this event is October 16th, which I guess as we're recording this, so is a week from tomorrow. Um, smaller event this time around. I guess this is on campus down in Cupertino, which I think is kind of what they've done. I think they've used like Yerba Buena for this one before, but for the most part, this October event's a bit smaller. And of course, in, in typical Apple fashion, the invitation um, has a cute little tagline, which this time around is, it's been way too long. So I genuinely have no idea what that means. I think it really is... Because there's a new iPad every year, and the updates, whatever they're going to update this to, is is not going to be a remarkable update. I, I the, only, the only two things... And I mean, this, these are not original thoughts. These are things that I saw today. But first, it could simply just be a kind of a wink and nod at the fact that they just had an event like three weeks ago. But 
that seems unlikely because this is the same thing they've done the last couple years. So like if this was the first time they were having an event this close to their previous event, then I can kind of see what the joke would be. Um, it seems like to me, it's a, it's a reference, especially when taken into con- conjunction with the fact that they've got kind of like the old school Mac logo above it. I think it's uh acknowledgement that it's been way too long since they've brought retina retina screens to something besides the MacBook Pros and I think that I think MacBook that's what Air. we'll see. MacBook Air. No, it's not going to be the Air cuz uh. we that that would have leaked already. That see that's that's what's that's the problem with these Apple events now is if it doesn't leak ahead of time, you know it's not going to happen. Like when was the last time Apple even had one of these smaller events where we didn't know every single new product that was going to be announced? I think it's been a really long time. I think actual Macs and let's say it was like a newer Apple TV. I think those are things where they don't have to do as large a production run where things would leak as they do with iPads and iPhones. So I think mm-hmm. there being a Retina MacBook Air or there being a true, um, what would it be, third generation Apple TV? I think those could be kind of still secret things. I'm not sure that's actually going to happen, but I think I think that's I think that's reasonable, especially compared to something like the iPhone or the iPad. But I mean, again, I like I honestly I'm not being facetious. I cannot remember the last time that Apple announced something that was completely unexpected. The i uh, the Apple Watch. No, people Nobody in the weeks leading it, and it's in the form okay, well, here. Well, but people I'm not talking. I'm a wearable device for like five years. No, I'm not. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about the actual specific implementation pieces, but just just the general idea that Apple was going to announce a watch. Everybody knew that. So they so the, that's the, not the a leak. That's just like people throwing ideas at the wall, and that just being a very logical one, like. My point is that there has not been a single peep about any sort of possibility of a MacBook Air Retina laptop at next week's event. No, there's been zero. No, there's been tons of, like, the same thing with the Retina iMac and things like that that people are always just throwing around, like, wouldn't that be nice? No, but the but the Retina iMac stuff is the stuff that gets like the recode treatment, where recode comes out and says, "Yeah, this is happening." Like that's what I'm talking about. Like it's it's been a really long time since it was, you know, what was it, the Wall Street Journal Deke, whatever that thing was, their digital column, and then now recode. It's been a really long time since Apple's announced something that wasn't first brought up by one of those sites saying, "Yeah, this is going to happen." And again, Tim uh, Tim Cook was doubling down on secrecy. Well, the things can happen. <laughs> and also, we still haven't talked about the Tim Cook interview. There, I, I think. Yes, we have. Did we? Yeah, we did. Oh, <laughs> thanks for tuning in closely. <laughs> um, was I a part of that show, or did you have a guest? Host? <laughs> I, I I must have had a guest host. Must have had must have had Dan on. I'm so, do, do we ever uh, see what came out of that? No. Okay. Um. There is a zero percent chance. Apps, if there was something, if I can give a percentage less than zero, zero, I would. There is a zero percent chance there will be a Retina MacBook There's Air next week's event. Chance. No, yes. zero. There's, there's, there's no chance. It would have. What, what odds would you give me for five bucks? Twenty to one oh. odds. Uh, meaning, meaning that, me meaning that if they're, I'll pay you five dollars. No, 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 no. I'm not. No, that's that's crap. I'd I'd put a I'd put a flat wager on it. 
but then no, because you're so confident in your opinion. I'm I, I am. I am, but I'm also a reasonable betting man, and I'm not going to take odds like that. There's just not enough value if there. You're, if you're willing to say zero, then you can, you're you there. There there is a there's a zero percent chance. There Recode would have already Recode or a site like it would have already and come out and said, yeah, these are happening next week. And that has that hasn't happened. I'm gonna go DM Jim Dalrymple and make him say yep to something. <laughs> but I mean, you, you know what I'm saying, right? I, I like do, the, but there's I, a I, very there's a very very consistent pattern over the last two to three years where you're totally right. We don't we don't know the exact specifics, like with the Apple Watch, we didn't know the digital crown, etc. Well, but the general idea of Apple is going to announce X, every single product that they have announced has been leaked ahead of time since since the original iPad. And even the original iPad, people knew it was going to be a tablet. So, I mean, that almost, that doesn't even count. So, I guess what I'm saying is that, so are you saying this event is going to be merely refreshed uh, iPads? That's it? I th- I'm thinking, I mean, I think it'll be exactly what Recode and other sites have confirmed it's going to be. It's going to be new iPads, likely with Touch ID and some other minor cosmetic changes, maybe. And then a uh, Retina iMac, and that's it. Well, then they'll they'll give a date to uh, OS ten or OS X, as you say, Yosemite, and uh, iOS eight point one, which will include Apple Pay and all that stuff. Yeah, and that'll be it. That's that's what these October events have been for the last you know couple years. But okay, en- enough of the enough of the meta event stuff. So let's. Get, it's getting to the the specifics. So we the the iPad stuff we've already kind of gone through. Touch ID, maybe some other small improvements. I can't really think of what else they would do with the iPad, other than just the obvious things like longer battery life, maybe a little lighter kickstand. <laughs> Stylus. I I think that's a there's a there's an equal chance that we'll see a stylus at next week event as there is a Retina MacBook Air. But I want you want you want a stylus? No, no, I want a Retina MacBook Air so badly. Oh, of course you because do. I'm Everybody does. Uh, my laptop around with me a lot for for baseball, and God, if it's only four and a half pounds, it's so heavy. <clears throat> First world problems, man. The guy who threw a fit over not being able to stream a baseball game. Come well, on. Uh, well, no, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not guilty of it, too. I'm just saying on the continuum of first of all problems, yours are skewed far anyway. I mean, I believe me, I would love to be wrong, but I just I just don't think it's going to happen. So if you are wrong, are you in? Because no. that's the device you said you've been waiting for to move away from oh, the situation. I thought you were still on the bet. Um, no, no, I'm, I'm saying um, if there's a Retina MacBook Air, you've been kind of toying around the idea of coming back to a Mac portable. Would that put you over the edge? Maybe, maybe. I mean, I think I still would. I still would keep the Mac Mini for recording the show because I mean, I think I don't think there's any way a MacBook Air today would. Even today would be more more powerful than the Mac Mini that I have, right? I mean, I I mean, it just has to be equally as powerful. I don't think it would be though. Maybe it would be. I'd I'd, I'd consider it. Yeah, I, I I would consider it. 
but it would depend on price and all that stuff. You you'd be in in a heartbeat. Uh, absolutely. With with the the janky messed up display on my current laptop, uh, absolutely. You'd be you'd be one of those people out in line, you know, twenty four hours ahead of time. I'm 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 a grown adult now. I don't line up for anything. <laughs> no, seriously, like no electronic device is ever worth lining up for. I'm sorry. I well, I mean, as somebody who I didn't stand in line, it was like four hours that I stood in line for the five S. But honestly, like even let's let's say I really wanted the six or the six S or, or whatever product it is, and I don't get a pre order. I'm so, I'm not standing in line, other than maybe like the usual wait time in a store. I, I'm be I'm beyond that phase of my life. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, this is the new Carlos Gomez. This is not the Carlos Gomez I knew in high school and college. When did I ever line up for anything? I think except daily show tickets or something. But anyway. You must have lined up for the original iPhone. No, no. I waited like four months and then I bought it. Is I, that right? Yeah. I remember I was like, oh, there's no way in hell I'm buying this stupid thing for $600 with four gigs of space. And then, yes, I got it. <laughs> I miss my original iPhone with its recessed headphone jack. The way God intended. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. I bought that phone from you. You did. <laughs> Good times. Um... So what else do we have? So uh, again, a new a new Apple event, probably new iPads, hopefully other stuff. Um, but just the the Mac line hasn't seen a lot of love recently. Yeah, so there there was well, some. Actually, sorry, you're you're a PC nerd. So what's the deal? Like I I heard a lot of this was being held up for kind of like Intel's waiting to refresh their line of processors. Is there any new stuff with that? I I'm not super plugged in with that stuff anymore. I, I know what you're talking about. There there was a delay in it's Intel's ha- Haswell or or is that already mm, out? That's been out. Yeah, uh, I don't know what the new one's called, but I don't either. Um, so I I don't know. I don't know what the timeline is on that anymore. Uh, but you're right. Apple's schedule is very dependent upon where Intel's at. Um, there was some some murmurs today that we'd see the usual spec bumps uh probably on the products that have not been refreshed recently so like the mac mini's gotten brought up a couple of times would make sense for it to get you know just a general performance bump but i i don't think i don't think we'll see outside of the retina imac i don't think we'll see anything with the max that's cosmetic i think it'll all just be internal upgrades and they they just came out with one for like the MacBook Pros, right? So those those will probably stay the same, and maybe the maybe the Airs will get a a spec bump or something. But no no Retina. Man can dream. Yeah, you can dream, but I don't think it's gonna happen. I'm 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 all in. I'm pushing all the chips in on the fact that just every everything everything gets leaked now. Well, that's and, just and like, that's just the world we're in. So let me ask a question in terms of upgrade path, because we've seen that tablets have been on the decline in terms of sales and that kind of stuff. So you have a current generation iPad Air that you're pretty content with, right? Right. With the addition of Touch ID and perhaps uh, a slight spec bump, is that enough for you to upgrade? No, no. So I what, what what does that opinion mean for Apple? I don't know. I I think I don't I don't know. I I think it's it's become pretty clear that the iPad line is just not it's not the iPhone, 
it's it's certainly not bad by any means. It's a, a hugely profitable business, but and it's by far and away the most successful tablet of any kind. But I, it's just it's not it's not the product that's going to get people to go out and upgrade every year like the iPhone is. In and the, I, but I don't I don't think times, that's wasn't it. So I guess what I'm saying is you felt probably an, an urgency around upgrading a little bit more for the first few generations. Did well, because there, because there's yeah. much, more, much more progress being made in terms of processing power and screen quality, where you've kind of reached a point, much like PCs did, where it's good enough and dramatic leaps are no longer being made. Well, but like with the iPhone, I mean, pretty much every two years, a huge leap is made. Even eh, not really, because again, form factor doesn't make a huge difference on a device that size. Like I, I mean, like like thi- like does it being thinner and camera improvements and these types of things, and like a fingerprint reader, those are all dramatically more important improvements on a phone than they would be on a tablet. Like while Touch ID would be nice on a tablet, if that was the only difference, that's not a worthwhile upgrade. Oh, that, that's what I'm saying. On the, on the phone, these types of upgrades are huge. Yeah. I mean, comparing an iPhone 5 to an iPhone 6 is night and day. Um, but I, I don't, I think the, I, the, I, I might actually with the iPads moved, I think, I think Apple realistically with the iPhones, especially because of the way carrier contracts work or standard carrier contracts, as you, you would say. I, th- I think they expect people to upgrade every two years, or they hope people upgrade every two years. That's that's Apple probably a reasonable. Or the phone companies. Well, both. I no. Mm-hmm. I think Apple does. Well, okay. Anyway, um, I think that's that's probably what I what I'll look at with like the iPads. Is every like couple of years kind of see see where they're at. Early on, you know, I didn't I didn't have a first generation iPad. I just had the iPad two, but then you know, going from the iPad two to the first Retina iPad, I mean that that was a no brainer. And then going, I think, from the first Retina iPad to the iPad Air was also kind of a no brainer because the, the the differences between those three products just couldn't be bigger. Um, but now, you know, now if the rumors pan out and all this new iPad has is Touch ID, maybe better battery life, and is you know quarter of a pound lighter or something. None of those three things really could justify. Because I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it would by the time I sell my current iPad and buy this new one, it'd be you know two three hundred bucks that I'd have to pay, and that's that's not worth it. You're not you're not skipping out on one fourth of the motorcade for a weekend. No, 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 no. Don't be silly. Can we can we talk about the? This is an Uber free week. Oh, okay, sure. Is isn't that exciting? We we got we got the Giants going into the uh, championship series. Um, we got no Uber. This it's it's an amazing time to be alive. <laughs> it is it is pretty remarkable. I think about this quite a bit on the show. It is remarkable how much we talk about Uber. It's amazing how often they manage to be in the news for negative things. Yeah. It is. Um all right. What 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 other tech stuff do we have? Okay, so let's uh we'll we'll stick with the Apple stuff and then I think I think that'll be it for Apple as we get through this this one last story. This is just your this is your favorite story. 
So there was, I guess, I didn't know this, but I guess on the like developer portal, if you're an Apple developer, I guess there are like these statistics that everybody can access, which I, again, I was surprised by this, where it shows you the percentage of active iPhones using, or like the percentage of uh, iPhones making up each version of iOS. So, you know, X number of devices are running iOS 8, etc., and so I guess the story has come out that iOS 8 got up to, what was it, 40% of, of users pretty quickly, like within the first couple of weeks. And it's since then basically just plateaued, that that number hasn't really changed much over the last couple So And, we, and that's a much lower percentage than iOS 7, which I think at this point was up to like 70%. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so people have been kind of speculating why, why this has been happening. And, you know, some people were kind of quick to point to, well, you know, iOS 8.0.1 was a botched update, blah, blah, blah. People don't trust Apple anymore. I think that's a bunch of crap. I, I don't think that story made it too far outside of the tech echo chamber. Um, I think what's really, I think one of the big factors, and I, I should have thought of this on my own too, because I've actually, I've seen this, it has to be at least five or six times just in the real world now, where people want to upgrade to iOS 8, you know, they get the notification, they want to upgrade, and then they don't have enough space on their phone. Because it turns out that the over-the-air version of iOS 8 requires like five gigabytes of free space and you know sadly a lot of people don't have that much free space on their phone that is very correct so i think you know i guess even regardless of the the regardless of the reason i don't actually don't even think the reason is all that interesting i mean i i think it points to the fact that apple needs to figure out this over the air update thing I think that is important, but I, well, I think the figure out they just, I don't, well, I don't know. They, five gigabytes seems excessive How so? for, well, because when you plug it into your computer, it's not nearly that, right? Well, that's because your computer gets to offload it. I mean, the reason why it's that way is because you have to download that one and a half gig file. It has to uncompress itself. It has to unpack everything. It has to make temporary files to back up all your data. So it doesn't require five gigs of additional space, but it needs room to breathe. Whereas if you're doing the update through iTunes, your computer handles most of that. Is is room to breathe? Is that the uh, technical term? Like, uh, pretend we're, uh, like, if people don't understand it, think of it as uh, assembling uh, an Ikea Besta or some type of Ikea <laughs> furniture product. Ultimately, like, the space, like, uh, the space it's going to go in once it's assembled is actually quite small. But you have all these boxes you bring into your house, you have to unpack them, you have to assemble everything, and then you put it away. The amount of space that... Well, that... This was an amazing analogy, it's falling apart, but... No, well, okay, I was actually, you're an... I, I, I give you a lot of credit for trying to do what you just did there. I think that's I think I enormously creative, but I think your analogy is actually totally backwards. No, because no, it's not at all. It is, because iOS updates start really big... And then they actually don't end up taking very much extra space on your device. Whereas Ikea furniture starts very small and then it ends up taking a lot more space than what it does inside the box. (laughs) 
I'm sorry to I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but I'm so proud. Uh, it, I'll, but again, it's it, it, six and a half out of ten. People have to understand that you'd like uh, it, it. Never mind. Well, there's this, a this, is, this is a safe. This is a safe place. Go ahead. No, there's a technical reason why this is the way that it is, and I mean, just what are you? What are you going to do? I don't. So people need to either buy phones with ample storage capacity and stop cheaping out on things, or plug it into a computer. You can't have both. So do you, but okay. So do you think I? I we got derailed. I think there is a. Like I was saying earlier, I think there is a bigger issue here, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, do you do you think it was a a big mistake on Apple's part to just not bump the bottom Absolutely. iPhone six to thirty two gigabytes? Absolutely. I do too. I, th- I really I think do it too. Been, you know, thirty two gigs for two fifty. I don't care if they had to raise the price. It is it is disingenuous and customer hostile and. It's it's not okay to sell a 16 gigabyte phone. The, what's even worse than that is the new kind of quasi free on contract phone model is an 8 gigabyte 5C, which I believe, if I'm not mistaken, has only 5.6 gigabytes of usable space. Right. That's criminal. Okay, so this 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 actually does this actually does tie into the the I think what's the bigger story and so. You you could make the case that well Apple adding this additional sto- storage to you know the bottom level devices it does cost them extra money yes and it's probably not that much money per unit but, but it does the customer go- how much is how much is the customer goodwill that they're losing worth so it's not it's I don't customer good I'm I I want I want tangible stuff the customer goodwill whatever no, the, the, if, if you, I, I think if you have a phone that has ample amount of storage space on it and you can't get the new software version because it's not enough to be usable, you're going to think twice about, well, oh, my iPhone is that rickety thing that can't even update to the latest software version. What uh, well, okay, I, I, fine. You can stick gonna, a memory card in it. Samsung phones, you can stick a memory card in. We're ultimately going to ag- agree, but I, 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 I don't see that as being the, the main problem. I think the main problem I'm not is sure you that... how normal people think, man. Well, okay. But I, I think the main problem is that iPhone the the iOS is I, iOS and the iPhone are almost getting into the same fundamental problems that Android is having, where I think close. I think fragmentation. Well, well, but you know, okay, let's say you know, let's say that iOS eight. Well, so first, let's lay out the two things that I'm talking about here. One is having different versions of iOS being prevalent, which has never really been the case. And then now this is being compounded by the fact that they now have how many different screen sizes? Three? No. Whereas, you know, historically they've only ever had one. So would you like and me to give you time to explain your position and then to refute it or to stop you now so you don't waste the time? No, give me some time to explain it here. So I, mean, I think what this is leading towards, the screen size stuff is kind of just a parallel thing that's not as not as big of an issue. But with iOS... I think, you know, let's say that iOS 8 adoption peters out at around, you know, maybe 60%, 65% of devices. You know, I mean, what if, what if this trend continues? Because like we were just saying, there's all these 8 gigabyte and 16 gigabyte models out there. What if iOS 9 next year only gets adopted by, you know, maybe what if it peters out at 40, 50% and then you still have this huge group of people who are on iOS 8, this other group of people who are still on iOS 7, like these p- previous versions of iOS, previously those numbers have been so small, they're not even significant. But now all of a sudden, if you're like a developer, you obvi- you have to start thinking about, well, 
I've got 30 million people still running iOS 7 or you know whatever the case is. And that that to me is the, is the huge problem is that the the enormous benefit of developing for iPhone and iOS and the reason why we've had so many just fantastic apps is you've only really ever had to worry about maybe two versions of iOS, you know, the most current one and maybe the previous one. But even a lot of developers are pretty aggressive and just support the most recent version of iOS. And then on top of that, they've really only ever had one screen size to support. And now it it seems like both of those things are, are just really no longer true. I completely disagree on every single point. Okay, well, I I would love to hear your side. No, you're you're just wrong. Well, then tell me why. Where do you want me to start? Uh, at the beginning. I kind of tuned out a little bit. <laughs> I'm joking, but uh, like you're 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 just completely wrong. Like I, I understand that this whole I don't know. I think Apple made a mistake a little bit by going PC free so soon. I don't understand why people are so opposed to plugging it into iTunes. People are were too reliant on iCloud and all that kind of stuff. But your your doom and gloom scenario about fragmentation isn't going to happen because the reason why Android is so hopelessly fragmented is because they rely on Google to provide updates to the manufacturers who provide updates to the carriers. There are so many ways along the chain for that to get kind of broken before consumers get a chance at it. Apple skips the carriers and everybody else and they just release an update. The fact that you need a decent chunk of space in order to update your phone is not fragmentation. That discourages updating just a tiny bit, but that the update is still available, and if somebody really wants to do it, they can. I don't think this is... It's a, it's a minor hiccup, and eventually it'll become common knowledge that people should be doing updates the way they're actually supposed to do them, which is plug it into iTunes so your device gets backed up in case anything goes wrong. I, 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 I think you're completely wrong that this well, is Well, I mean, what is, what is, what is the way they're supposed to do it? I mean, I mean, the over the air update is a major feature that Apple advertises and pushes people to do. I mean, you get a push notification on your phone for point releases over the, over the air updates for point releases is a fantastic feature, but for entire operating system updates, what kind of monster doesn't like like has a computer and doesn't back it up before they do a major operating system release update? <laughs> Me? No, you're saying like if you go from Windows seven to eight, you just do an in place upgrade. You're you're kidding yourself. No, no, no. I'm 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 only I'm not talking about Windows. I'm, I'm talking it's about the same iOS thing. Well, no, it's not yes, because it no, because in, up, in place upgrades on Windows never work, whereas they do on iOS. They're not at all the same thing. If it takes five gigs of space and people can't figure out how to do it, it obviously doesn't. Well, but that's that's not the same though. In, in place people, Windows upgrades don't work even when they go supposedly successfully. If people care so much about all their pictures and their data and all this stuff. They owe it to themselves to do it through a computer where it's faster that's, and you get but, an entire device backup. See, that's Why what I completely don't have computers anymore. This is what I completely disagree with. I have not done a computer based backup of my iPhone in like five years. And you are tempting fate. Or how I mean that's that's an exaggeration. However long the iCloud backups, three years or whatever it's been around. You are tempting I'm not fate. tempting fate. Yes, it, it's fine. Oh, I can't wait. Oh. Can we fast forward to episode 23 or or sorry like 
whenever in the future your phone just goes to crap and you can't rest- in in when you try to restore from iCloud it says no backups found. I mean, let's be clear, let's be clear too that I'm this is when I'm upgrading phones. So if in your fictional apocalyptic scenario that iCloud backup didn't work, I, mean, I still would have my original phone with everything. So it's not like it's not like I'm overwriting data on just one device where I have no way to get back. But I, I, mean, I would have no hesitation doing that either, using iCloud backup. Anyway, I, I stand by my point that I think people should be doing updates using iTunes for the safety and security, and also that it's much faster to do it using iTunes. And you don't ever run into the risk of losing data or not having enough space or whatever. The other solution is also just to buy a phone with ample amounts of memory, but people just refuse to do that either. Anyway, and the screen size thing is, is all wrong too, but whatever. Well, I mean, are, are you trying to I, as, say that you should impede progress? In like, I, I for one don't really even like the six or the six plus, and I think the iPhone six screen is too darn big. But you think there should not be additional screen sizes to accommodate more customers, just so developers don't have to consider additional screen sizes? That's not fragmentation. That's progress. I think you can make the, exactly the same case about iCloud backups. It's progress. Having your data in a secure remote location is way, way better than having it on your desktop, which is in the same physical location as the rest of your stuff, including your phone, and is not in, not nearly as protected as something on a secure server. Nobody's saying you can't also back up to iCloud. What I'm saying is when you're doing an OS update, you can back up to your computer and update the software using your computer which is faster, easier, and requires less free space. Well, I guess I, and I'm not saying that you can't have these other screen sizes, but I'm, I'm just saying that all these things that have always been the, the things that people point to on Android as being like, you know, the huge problems with the platform, like all of a sudden, no, I, no I, 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 I agree 100% that it's not... Well, no, I sure as hell am because apps look like crap if they're if they're not updated to support these newer screens. No, they look like crap because people treat Android as like like a stepchild that nobody wants. No, I'm talking about on iOS. Like apps that have not been upgraded to support iPhone six look awful. It's the first week of October. The phone's been out for three weeks. Hmm. I'm not very patient. I don't think just because you're mad that Facebook doesn't look right on your iPhone 6 that you get to say iOS is doomed for the same horrible user experience that Android has. No, that's that's why I was careful to say earlier that I think the I, I think the iOS part is is way more important than the screen part. Anyway, people, friends don't let friends buy phones with less than 64 gigs of space. I did my part. I a coworker was buying an iPhone six uh, a week or so ago, and was c- considering buying the sixteen gigabyte version. Why? And I very it's the, it's the cheapest one. And I but I very I, I, I the, the oldest marketing trick in the book that you offer low, medium, and high, and people always choose the medium one. I I don't know. That was that was probably brought up in our econ classes, but who knows. 
Um, but I, I've, I've, you know, explained why that was a bad idea and they did eventually get the 64 gigabyte version. So I've done, I've done my part, however small. And you don't think the fact that like they chose to, because visually 16, 64, 128 just looks so strange. You yeah, don't. I, it makes, it makes absolutely no sense. The only thing that I think we haven't gotten a Gruber mention yet, so let's get it out of the way here. He, he linked to an article that I actually remember if it was part of the article or if this was his commentary on the article, but talking about Apple's supply constraints with their flash memory. Um, you know, maybe, maybe it's, maybe that's what it is. Maybe Apple just couldn't get enough to, I, I, that doesn't sound likely to me either, but I mean, who, who, who are we to say? We're nerds on the internet. Say whatever. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's all fine. I would say it's fine. I think people are, it's fine. Well, we can agree to disagree. Or we can disagree that I'm right. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> that's the easier one. Um, all right, that's enough Apple stuff. That is enough Apple stuff. I agree. Do you want to talk about your uh, the big NBA news? I do. I'm excited I, about that one. Yeah. So we, I was you know as I was listening to last week's show, we actually ended that show talking about Directv's new deal with the NFL. Which that's a big deal, but it's not not a huge deal. It's it's one network with the league. It's not the overall big package TV package. Well, I mean, it kind of but, is, it's every single game, but anyway. it is. But the the bigger piece with NFL is is NBC, CBS, and Fox. But that's that's the main TV package anyway. So th- this is the equivalent on the NBA side, and we actually had talked about the NBA on last week's show. Um, and how their deal was was in the process of being negotiated, and sure enough, a couple of days later, news came out that that negotiation had been completed. So, the summary is that NBA is re-upping with their existing partners, Disney and uh, Turner Broadcasting. You'll likely know them uh, through the NBA as you know ESPN and TNT. And <laughs> the punchline is that the deal is about three times the size annually that the current deal is, which I don't think that's ever happened before where there's ever been such a big jump. And it has all kinds of crazy implement, implement, oh boy, implications, there we go, for the league because the salary cap is tied to annual revenues. The CBA is up for renegotiation here in a couple years. And the players, last time the CBA stuff had happened, they gave away a lot of money with the league arguing that you know they were losing a lot of money. And obviously, that's not going to be a case they can make anymore. So a lot of kind of implementation... Jeez, imp- oh, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> I'm not even going to try, try again. Um, <laughs> um, consequences. All I'm drinking is water tonight, too. But uh, um, yeah, thank you. Uh, so anyway, that's... Also, don't edit that out, please. Oh, I won't. No, I'll keep that in. Uh, I'll just... I'll edit the early, earlier parts of the show to make it sound like I'm even more right than I am. Uh, but I'll leave that part in. Anyway, that's the NBA. The the basketball stuff is uh, not in our... not At least not in your wheelhouse. Um, but the, the one of those, the fine points of this deal is that 
ESPN's apparently going to have some type of service where they're going to stream regular season games at least without requiring a TV service. And none of the specifics about how that's going to work have come out, but that is one of the things they're looking at doing. Which is interesting because, you know, going back to that like direct TV deal uh, with the NFL that we were talking about last week, you know, one of the aspects of that, I think actually it might even be part of the existing, this might actually be already be available. I think it was starting this season where you could pay, I think it's 400 bucks or something, and you could stream all the games through some direct TV portal, whether or not you were a direct TV customer or not. So this would be something similar. I think it's I think it's good it's good progress. So explain explain the you don't have cable part of it again. Like what what does that look like for customers? Is that a package that they pay for through Disney slash ESPN or are they is this just like an enhanced NBA.tv subscription? Like what's what's the deal? Because that seems to be the most intriguing part of this. I mean I I I know I don't know who you would actually pay, but the the idea would be that if you don't subscribe to cable television, you'd be able to pay either the NBA directly or ESPN. It wouldn't really matter. And you'd have some application that you could run on your phone or wherever, and you'd be able to watch games. And does NBA League Pass or whatever the current VOD product is, um, does that limit home like territory as MLB.tv does? It does, yeah. Okay, so this that would be the difference. Well, no, this this probably would still have local blackouts too. Oh, then what's then? Wait, what's the difference between this and League Pass? Actually, yeah, I I I knew you, I knew that's where this was going. Actually, that's a good question because their NBA League Pass. Yeah, you know what? NBA League Pass does have like a broadband package where you don't need any sort of TV subscription to pay. And there's like an Apple TV app and you know, obviously like mobile apps and stuff. Um, and then, you know, this Engadget article actually has the line, just how it differs from the NBA's own League Pass isn't clear. Hmm. Because League Pass is one, like 150 for the entire season or that's not per month, is it? No, it, it, it's like, I think it's a little less than that. It's a hundred something dollars for the, yeah, the whole season. Like that's, that's not bad. No, it's like, not at all. Rid of the blackouts. Cause again, right. like I would buy MLB.tv in a second just for the convenience. Well, it's, I mean, yeah, it, it's like for, for you, you, you know, for baseball, you root for, you know, the local team. Like if I, if I still, like for me as a Lakers fan, like it's, it's perfect for me. But, you know, the flip side of it is that if I still lived in Southern California where I, I was able to watch all Lakers games on TV, I probably wouldn't get League Pass. I mean, I do end up watching other games besides, you know, the Lakers on League Pass as the year goes on. But, I mean, I could live without that. That's not something that I need. Just because, you know, TNT does national games every Thursday ESPN does national games. I think they're at the point now where it is all season. They do national games on like Wednesdays and Fridays. So there's plenty of games to watch. And those are always the best games anyway. So, you know, for me, the only reason I get it is because my favorite team is out of town. 
maybe this will be some like ad supported thing. So maybe you actually won't even won't have to pay for this and it'll, it'll just simply be ad supported and that'll be the difference. Yeah, I don't think so. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know. But you know, I think I think all this stuff is it is slow positive progress. I mean, there there's obviously still tons of gaps. There's the blackout stuff during the regular season. There's the fact that none of this stuff covers the postseason. I mean, there's you know, there's all kinds of of huge gaps that would prevent someone from just you know, as you say, you know, cutting the cord from cable TV. But it seems like we're at least headed in the right direction. I'm not exactly sure we are because for people like us, or, or I mean, I, I again, I joke that I only like one sport, but. I don't think any of these items on their own solve like the the cord cutting alleged like problem because it's still you're it's so disjointed of where you're going to find all your content whether it be Hulu or HBO Go or any of these sports league video on demand services it's just cable still offers a pretty compelling value in the variety of what you get for it so I I don't know I think we're many, many years off before people like us could stop subscribing to cable. I mean, I I feel like even today, I'm at the point where if it weren't for sports, I I probably could. Point. No, I know, but that but what I'm saying is that I I think this move towards having more of sporting content be available without having a TV package is is again just heading in the right direction. It's it's not it's not in any way a sign that tomorrow we're all of a sudden going to be able to watch everything we want online for sporting wise. But at least at least it's the right direction. Right? I mean, like even you look at like the last couple of Olympics, like NBC's made every single event available for streaming online with a cable subscription. Oh, did that require a cable subscription? Everything requires a cable oh. subscription. Um, and that's well, why I think that's a totally decent value proposition for me. I pay whatever $60 a month to my cable provider, and I get to access the content I want on the platform I want. I think that's totally fair. And if unfortunately, if Comcast happens to be the glue that makes that happen, well, so be it. Yeah, I mean, I guess we have... <laughs> I guess we have talked about the fact that, I mean, obviously, the reason why you want to be able to not pay for cable TV is to, is to save money, right? But, but if you're doing video on demand from all these different sources, it's not cheaper. Well, there's that, and I think this is you've, you're basically saying the same thing that, and I, I think we've explicitly said this on the show in the past. Like, I feel that my hundred dollars or so, hundred and five dollars I pay a month to Comcast for both, you know, TV and internet is totally reasonable. Absolutely. I don't. I, I, in fact, I mean, I think I think for the services that I get, even if they were you know, $150, that's, I would still feel that's reasonable just given how much use I get out of the internet and TV. Mm-hmm. And the quality of service is good too. I mean, my internet is solid and my, well, t- the TV's okay, but. <laughs> Except for your overly compressed HD, but. My overly compressed HD channels and crappy, crappy DVR that I had to go out and replace on my own. That's not a thing. Yeah. Oh, you know, I should. I just a quick little side note. I, over the weekend, I uh, saw uh, the X One platform in person for the first time. Yeah, it's fine. It's still not TiVo, but it's fine. 
it's it's pretty it's a, neat. It's a market improvement over the of the over like the current whatever shitty uh, scientific Atlanta box or whatever. But yeah, it 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 seemed it, it seemed. I mean, it doesn't look anything like TiVo, but like it just it seemed like it was in the ballpark of a TiVo, sort of, but also a, a storage size. I think it holds oh. like half of what even the smallest TiVo does, which is disappointing. Mm. Very. Yeah. Really doesn't seem. This really doesn't make a lot of sense to chintz out on storage. Not I me. Mean, not to go back down to our previous <laughs> story, but it just it doesn't. In today's world, where storage is so cheap, it just seems like such a silly thing to chintz out on. When there was like a material difference between the price of you know a two hundred and fifty gigabyte and five hundred gigabyte hard drive, like I get it. But I mean, the difference between those today is is, is dollars, right? I mean, it's very small, but anyway, I'm th- this the the TV deal with the NBA. I think is exciting both, you know, us on the, the the tech side, but then also just as a fan of the NBA, I think it's hugely interesting. Yeah, one one more. It's only tangentially related, but it's it's sports and it's a little bit of tech. Uh, Staples Center uh, over the summer. Uh, completely redid all of their lighting they switched to these new led like stadium lights that only a couple places in the u.s have been using i guess they're a little bit more popular globally but in the u.s there's only like two or three arenas that have this um i'm imagining you didn't uh watch any of the sharks kings game this evening but it was uh it's it's, oh yeah so it's opening God, night in no. <laughs> it's opening night in, in the NHL. So I was watching a little bit of this game tonight. And so at Staples Center, the the Clippers, the, the Clippers are what made me think of this the, the NBA stuff. The Clippers and the Kings, which are the hockey team, are the two teams that are going to be using this. The Lakers are not going to be using it. They still have their existing lights. But so for the Kings game tonight, it was markedly different, even on TV. Um, it, it there's it's meant to look more like theater like, and so the big thing that it does is, and the Lakers actually do this with their traditional lights too. Is it really really darkens the the crowd almost to the point like at this Kings game tonight, like it was almost difficult to even see the crowd on TV, and it makes the you know in the case of hockey the rink much brighter it's kind of it's kind of interesting i'd I'd actually be curious like if you if you saw like a clip of the game tonight if you if you would have noticed it too but i i had forgotten that i had heard about the new lights like a few days ago but i had forgotten about it until i was watching the game tonight and i was like man something looks different and then i was like oh yeah yeah they've got the the led lights yeah (laughs) it's i i i have zero uh zero input Again, I don't know. I'll, I'll watch Sports Center and see. I'll see if I notice the difference. But um, yeah, I, mm. <laughs> got got you a little outside of uh, your area of expertise there. Sure, yeah. Like, is this something <laughs> that like the the sports comp? Like, how how did you find out about this? Like, is this something that the sports like that the the game announcers are talking about, or is it just like this is like super inside basketball? If inside basketball is a term. Um, 
I I saw it. I first saw the news on Twitter. And it was through one of the NBA people that I follow. They had taken a tour of Staples Center and and seen this. The announcers on the game tonight did not mention it, at least in the parts that I saw. Was it um, Cal Ripken? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh, that's oh God! Has there ever been an April Fool's joke where uh, like like basketball players like announce baseball? And they just, like mix it up. I'd watch that. That'd be a pretty good onion bit. No, just like actual, like just like straight up, just like just switch it up. Well, no, I think I think it would be really funny to do. You know, hockey like hockey commentary is very frantic. It's very Canadian, yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. And you know, baseball commentary is generally very calm. It, it, it's much more steady. Yes. So it, it, I think I think there's a. I think there's a very, very good opportunity to for a parody where you would take hockey commentary and put it in a baseball game. So you'd be talking about the actual baseball game, but in the style of hockey. And then conversely, I think it'd be pretty good if you had the like baseball style of commentary during a hockey game. I would watch a Sharks game if Dave Fleming was doing the commentary. Yeah, that that would be that would be pretty good. Yeah. Actually, the the sharks the sharks commentary is very very good too. We're pretty we're spoiled in the Bay Area. Yeah. I'll, hmm. Who's the uh, what's the name of the uh, very old but good fellow who does the Dodgers broadcast? Vin Scully. Yeah. He he's retiring in a couple of years. Yeah, uh, I mean he's you know he's pretty limited with what he does now. Um, I think he only does like the first three innings of the games that he does and then he mm-hmm. comes back maybe for like the ninth if it's a close game um but yeah i think he's still going to be at it for like a couple more years nice and you know i was lucky with having chick hearn when i was a kid watching lakers games he was sort of the Vince scully of the lakers a far far cry from cal Ripken jr and ernie johnson poor dodgers Oh, I have no sympathy for them. I do, because after the game, some jackass reporter asked Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw that. Like, how, how how bad did you feel when you saw the guy hit the home run over the wall? And he basically said, like, what the fuck <laughs> is basically his answer, except he said it a lot more politely. Yeah, except, except Clayton Kershaw's, like, the nicest human being on the and planet. Like, and I, I actually genuinely felt bad. I'm like, oh, I, I kind of... Yeah, I mean, as, as much as I dislike the Dodgers, I mean, Clayton Kershaw's... You ever, you ever hear him interviewed, he's like the nicest person ever um well actually you know the post-game interviews uh, either on the the winning or the losing side are always just they're just a bunch of nonsense like what do you i mean what are you gonna ask like oh you won the game how do you feel i feel great yeah that's fine and then it, don't it, say like you you just cause your team to have <laughs> the final game of of the entire season how would that feel but I mean, every time there's an interview with the losing team, I mean, well, what do you what do you want them to say? It's like, yeah, we lost. That's it's really not it's that bad. Of a question, though. Well, but it, it's it was it was tantamount to that guy who asked Steve Jobs, oh, "Why don't you participate in the Intel sticker program?" It's like if you have somebody <laughs> whose attention is like worthwhile, don't ask something stupid. I, I like that. I like that you always do a nice job of tying the sports stuff back to tech somehow. It's all the same stuff. That's why it works. Hmm. And with that, should we wrap it up? Let's wrap it up. All right.